0: Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. Hey everybody, welcome in. I know this is different and strange, but we're gonna go ahead and and pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, for who you are. I just pray, Father, that you would continually remind us of your goodness in this season, in this time that we're in. Father, that we have to adjust, uh, that we have to shift the way we do things, but Father, at the end of the day, you're gonna move. At the end of the day, you're gonna speak. I pray that this message, God, would encourage the believers, that it would encourage those that are listening, and that you would speak to the depths of our soul. In your name we pray. Amen. So we've been going through the book of James and we are at part two. So the last time we spoke, I don't know if you remembered, we just gave a brief overview of who James was, just the person of James, that he was a half-brother of Jesus, that he wrote this book, and that in the time that he wrote it, there was mass amount of tribulation. The book of Acts happens. Stephen was just martyred. The the tribes, the people, the Christians, the believers that were Jewish that became Christians scattered. And now we find ourselves in the very book of James, and we're at part two, which is we're going through the chapter one right now. So if you have your Bible, go to James chapter one, and we're going to get going. So uh, you know there's this crazy perspective of uh, Michelangelo I was reading this the other day and Michelangelo you know we know him as the sculptor he this beautiful sculpt of like David of all these different people and he was an artist at work in what he did god had given them this gift and he said this in one of his um, one of his sculpts one of his sculptures as he began to to do his work it says the marble of a man. It's a marble of a man trying to get out. That's what the picture looks like. You can even Google it of Michelangelo, the awakening or Michelangelo, a man trying to get out of a sculpture. And it says this, he believed, this is Michelangelo's words. He believed the sculpture was the tool of God, not creating, but simply revealing the powerful figures already contained in the marble. So there is someone in there, something in there and his job was to bring it out. His task was only to chip away the excess to reveal. And I just think that's so um, cohesive to what we're talking about right now in the book of James because I've titled this message, this passage, this conversation, as you're on the other side of the screen, I've titled it, Keep Going Even If. Keep going even if we're going through trials. Keep going even if we're going through hardship. Keep going even if we hit a wall in our faith. Keep going regardless. We're going to push. We're going to persevere. And I believe that this is a a, a message for us right here and right now as we go through all the craziness of COVID-19, as people are filled with fear and with terror and with panic. Let this be a word that sinks deep within your soul. So the scripture says this in verse two, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, you, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let then perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. When you think of Michelangelo, like just think of this picture as you're being shaped and molded. What he used was a hammer and he used a chisel. And as I think about as God begins to mold and to shape us, he uses all these different um symbolism within the the scriptures. And I think the greatest perspective of who we are as believers, wherever we're at in our journey, is that God is chiseling away, with a hammer and a chisel, our lives. And He's creating something. He's creating a masterpiece. He is the greatest artist at work in our life. He has created us to be creative beings. And so as He sees us, as He looks at us, as He notices where we're at in our life, what He does is He gets the hammer and He gets the chisel. And we don't enjoy that. If, If I'm being honest, I don't enjoy that, we begin to pray prayers. God, take away this trial. God, take away what's going on. God, take away this virus and all our credible prayers. Take away all the chaos. Take away the confusion. God, this is happening in my life. I pray that you'd push it away. Take it away. And yet that very thing that we're praying for, God is using on our behalf with a hammer and with a chisel. And he's creating a masterpiece in our lives. So, something that's crazy to me is God is looking at you and he sees something amazing. He sees what could be. He sees what is revealed within the shape and the, the, the mold of our stature. He sees marble and he sees exactly what he needs to do in your life. And so he's gonna go away at it. And he sees the greatness. He sees the goodness. He sees the beauty. And here it is as, as James talks to us. He says, when the trials come, because we're going to go through trials. Jesus said, take, you know, just be aware, you're going to go through some trouble in your life. You're going to go through some trouble in this world. And I think we would be incredibly naive to say, oh, because I'm a believer, nothing bad is happening in my life. That is incredibly false. And that's a deception of those that might say, oh, yeah, I, I just, I'm good. I'm not going to get like sick. I'm, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be able to uh, be covered by everything that's coming my way. And that's just simply not the truth. Here's the honest truth truth. You're either in a trial or you're going through a trial. And I would say all of us right now in America, all of us in California, we're going through a, a pretty big trial of not being able to go out. Some of us don't want to go out. Some of us elderly, uh, they, we, we feel there's fear and terror of even going outside. Uh, coffee shops are kind of vacant. I was just at Cana not too long ago and they're they're shifting the, the seats, allowing only eight people to come in at a time to a heed to the six feet like criteria of what's going on that the governor had pushed out. And that's, these are trials. These are honest trials that we're going through. We're either in it and we're going through it. And I would say we're all going through trial right now. And when you look at that, that verse, trials of many kinds, if you look at it in the Greek, it's multicolored. So there's different facets. There's different perspectives. There are different layers of trials. And I've wrote this down just as quick examples not being able to get toilet paper, I think for many of us, it's a trial, right? Like you go to the store and it's like, oh my gosh, where is the toilet paper? And then now it's gotten worse. There, there's, there, the canned foods are gone. The food supplies on every aisle it seems to be like dark and, and uh, empty. And there's this sense of fear that will cri- cripple into our hearts of, man, what's going on? What's going on? I would argue these are trials. This is a trial that we're living in. Uh, Life turning upside down because of this virus, right? And uh, you know what's interesting... If maybe you're, you have a big interview, just as an example. Maybe you have a really big interview, and you're like, man, I'm going to kill this interview. It's going to be amazing. And as you're driving on the freeway, you get a flat tire. And like you need to be there at a certain time because you want to look good. You're like 10 minutes early. You're ready to go for the interview. And now you're late because you have a flat tire. You're on the side of the freeway. You're really frustrated. You're terrified about what's going to happen because you want to get this interview and you want to kill it. But you're late. Those are trials. These are trials that comes in our lives, and they're multifaceted. They're multicolored. So why should I consider it joy? Here's the honest truth. As, you, as we, you and I, grow in our maturity with God, we have to realize that God is doing something on our behalf. And he says this, which is really interesting to me. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know Right there in verse three, because you know, there's something that we are learning. There's something that we're knowing. There's something that we're going through when we're going through trial, when we're going through craziness. There's something that God is doing within the fabric of our soul. We're learning something because you know that the testing of your faith, here it is, produces perseverance. And it goes on to say that Paul says that we're, we're maturing, we're being mature. There's a, a completion going on in our soul. And what happens is we begin to lack nothing. We begin to lack uh, the, the craziness. It says, let perseverance finish its work. When we're going through these trials, we're learning something. There's this work that's being done, the hammer and the chisel as God is going through our lives. And as these things happen. Here's the thing: I truly do believe this. Uh, I think it's 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 double sided. There are things that happen in our lives that I do believe God orchestrates. He has his hand in it. He's working in on it. And we can look at it and say, why on earth would this happen? I also believe bad things just happened. Trials just happened. God didn't make it happen, but I believe God will use it. God will use the trial. He will use the tribulation. He will use the brokenness because he's chiseling away, perfecting our soul, and he's creating a masterpiece in our life. Perseverance in this context means to stay under the weight. I think that's really... a uh, it's an interesting perspective of like, let's just talk about working out, right? Like we all should be, we wanna work out more, but it's hard because all the gyms are closed. So now we have to like go at home and we're trying to figure it out. We don't know what to do. So the perspective of perseverance is being able to to stand under the weight of trial, stand under the weight of like everything that's going on. And the more that we go through these trials, the more we're knowing something and we're knowing how to stand our ground and to have and put more weight on our shoulders. So I think of someone that's squatting. I think of someone that's um, in CrossFit. I used to do CrossFit. I don't anymore, if I'm being honest. Like you don't enjoy going to work out. Especially at Cross, I remember hate, like dreading looking at the board to see what was on the list of that day, the wad of the day, and I just remember thinking, "Gosh, this is like not fun at all." But what happens is, when you're done with it, you're like dying, laying on the floor, like gasping for air, and like there's this sense of like, "Dang, like I got through that, and I'm better because of it." And I just think that that's what's beautiful about understanding that we're under the weight of something. Uh, Another analogy that I have, uh, I used to to be a swimmer in in high school. Uh, We did water polo and we did swim. And I hated swim, but in order to be on water polo team, we had to do swim. And and there's these things called 21-100s, meaning this. We would wake up at 5 a.m., we would get to the pool, and we would have to, if you you look at a pool, many high schools are just 50 meters. So if you go 50 and you come back, I'm sorry, 25. So you go 25, you come back, that's 50. So we would do 100 meter swim. So one, two, three, four, right? We would have to do 21 of those. So like, imagine the dread of waking up in the morning. I don't care how in shape you were, you would have to get in the cold chill of the water, and the our coach would put the timer on, there would be a daunting clock to our right, and every time we did a 100, we'd have to look at the clock, we were timed, and we'd go back and we would do that 21 times. And I just remember, because you have so much time to think as you're swimming. I just remember thinking, I hate this so much. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I up at 5.30 in the morning? And the beauty and the reason of going through something is you learn to take weight. So you better believe when water polo season would come, we were incredibly conditioned to withstand our opponent because we we knew how to swim and how to fight through what what was happening in the pool. And I just think it's the same for life. When we're going through stuff, guys, take heart. God is doing something in our soul. He's taking care and he's refining us with everything that's going on. So here are some practical tools. First, When you look at James 1 verses 22 to 25, it says this, do not merely listen to the word. So practically, how are we going to apply this to our life? It's it's really easy just to listen to this and be like, yeah, amen, that's amazing. Like I'm going to fight through it. I'm going to swim metaphorically. I'm going to go to the gym and and, and crossfit it out and like work it all out and God's going to refine me. But how does this work practically? How do we be doers of the word and not just hearers? He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they had heard, but doing it will be blessed in what they do. And this is what's crazy about... The book of James. I said this uh, two weeks ago, James is someone that has gone through an incredible amount of persecution. You have to realize we're not experiencing the persecution that James did, especially here in Southern California. We are actually seeing it now in other countries, people literally being beheaded because of their faith, but we're not experiencing that here in Southern California. That is what James was going through. As he was writing this letter, as he was penning it out, he was sending it to the people that believed in Jesus, and he was encouraging Encouraging them, I know people are being killed right now, but count it all joy. I know we're being like huddled into our homes and we're afraid to go outside. This was happening in like two millennia ago after Jesus died. He was risen from the dead and he was coming to and fro. And the book of Acts happens. Um, Stephen is martyred. This is happening. People are afraid. They're terrified. So they go into the comfort, into the safety of their community. They're at their homes. And James sends this letter out and they're reading it. The pastor of the home's reading it and he doesn't stop or pause, he reads the whole book and he's reminding them, guys, count it all joy. And I think this is where our maturity in Christ must take form. We have to realize that when trials are coming, we have to step back, think through, process through, man, I believe God's doing something in my life. So here here are the practical uh, phases. Phase one, why is this happening? Don't ask God why, ask God what. I've learned to do this in my life already. Like when things come, when trials come, I've gotten over asking God, why is this happening? Because like there's a hundred million different reasons. And I honestly don't think we're going to have that answer. God's not going to come and tell you verbatim, well, this is why I'm doing it because I'm like all knowing and I'm beyond time. And there's going to be a time in your life like 20 years down the road that you're going to look at, it's not going to happen like that. I often ask him what? Like, what are you trying to say, God? What are you trying to do in my soul? Hey, I'm okay, God. Take the hammer, take the chisel, refine me, do something in me. Practical phase two, thank God for the hardship. I know this is hard, this is a maturity. Thank God for the hardship you're in right now. And that's being a doer instead of a hearer. And I'm going to count it all joy. Man, when I can't go to the grocery store and get toilet paper, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to look up to heaven. I'm going to pray. I'm going to say, God, I'm going to count all this joy. This doesn't make sense, but you're doing something in me. God, when when, uh, I spill my coffee on my shirt and I have the interview and I'm like terrified because I don't know what to do, I'm going to count it all joy. When I get the flat tire on the freeway and I can't make the appointment, I'm going to count in all joy. I know these are facets, and then it can get deeper, though. When, when, when people pass away, we talked about this in Emotionally Healthy, right? There, there is a difference between a trial and then hitting a wall. I would, I would say, regardless if it's a wall or if it's a trial... Count it all joy, right? And, and, and there's heavy, heavy things of life that we're going through. People passing away in our life, family members, our elderly, we're concerned. Count it all joy because God is doing something in this. We're, be able, we're able to step back. Instead of asking why, let's ask Him what. When we thank God, I love this. I hope this, is, this encourages you right now. When we thank God for the hardship, we then take control of the story, like if, if, if we're kind of terrorized and panicked over a trial, over anything that's happening, when we thank God, when we step back and be like, you know, what, God, I'm going to take this head on. I'm going to face this. I'm going to face this fear. I'm going to walk through this fear. What happens is we begin to shift the story and we begin to take control of the story. The story, the trial, the hardship, the wall doesn't have precedence over our soul. But when we say, you know what? I'm giving it all to you, God. You're doing something, you're refining me. You got the hammer and you got the chisel. I'm not gonna pray this away. I'm just gonna pray that you work and do something great in my life. We begin to take control of the story. We need to reshape our view of trial and hardship and everything that's going on. You see, I lost sight that this chapter was written in light of death and persecution. Like right here, right now, like James, he's probably like an old looking guy, like, back from the dead, right? Like he's walking into uh, our church service. He's walking into the room right now and he's got his Bible that he wrote and he's got his big beard and he's like, hey guys, I I need you to know this. When When I wrote this, People were dying, Stephen just got martyred. He was the first one. This man named Saul of Tarsus, he came, they threw rocks at him, he was crying out, he began to tell the story of Jesus all throughout the Old Testament. And we were amazed and astonished that he was able to stand firm in his faith and he didn't waver or shift. And I think this is what we should remind ourselves. There's always something worse that could be going on. But regardless of whatever we're going through, regardless of whatever trial, this COVID-19 is gonna pass. What is God doing in our soul right now? And how can we look at this and learn from it? So, you know, as we go on throughout our day, as you press pause, as you turn this off, as uh, you you hang out with your family and friends, or maybe you're just home, whatever happens in the next coming weeks with this pandemic, I want to encourage you with this. As Michelangelo looked at this marble, he saw something, and he was able to say, you know what? there's something in this marble that wants to come out. There's something in this clay that wants to be formed. And God looks at you and he says, I'm gonna do whatever I can. I'm gonna take the hammer, I'm gonna take the chisel. And it kinda can be frustrating and it can be pretty annoying. But at the end of the day, I learned something. At the end of the day, I know something. And I know that the testing of my faith creates perseverance and God will have his work in me. Michelangelo, again, he believed the sculpture was the tool of God, not creating, but simply revealing. He's creating, he's he's revealing something in your soul. He's revealing something through the hardship. The powerful figures already contained in the marble. His task, And God's task right now in your life is only to chip away the excess to reveal the beauty and the wonder of who you can be and who God's calling you to be. God already sees the end before the beginning. He knows what he's doing in your life, and he's creating beauty in the midst of ashes. Hey, I love you so much. I'm so grateful that you've tuned in. I'm so grateful that you joined in wherever you're at. Uh, at the coffee shop, maybe not, maybe you're not there, just on your couch with your family, you've turned this on on the TV, you're on your laptop, you're on your phone, wherever you're at, I just hope that this comforts you, that this reminds you of the goodness of God. And I'm going to, if I'm being honest, I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna say, you know what, God, I'm gonna count this joy. What are you doing? What are you saying? How can I grow? How can I learn? Take the chisel out, take the hammer out, and have your way. I love you, and we'll see you next time. God bless you.